Good evening, Patriots. And it's still February 7th, 2022. Just a little bit later. I guess on the East Coast, that isn't actually fair, is it? Because I guess when you get over there or other parts of the world, it's already the next day by the time we get to this. <laughs> so over on the West Coast, it's still 2022, and it's still February 7th. On the East Coast, you're in February 8th, so however that works. <laughs> but it's all good. So we, had, we started a little bit later tonight, and I apologize, um, but important reason. I was just finishing up the interview from our show for tomorrow night, which is uh, Kate, who has her channel on TikTok, Canadian.girl5.0. Canadian, she's at Canadian.girl5.0. Great interview. Uh, one of the younger voices in the emerging great generation, which is coming up, and... Uh, Boy, she's got some good perspectives. I think you're going to really enjoy that and be inspired tomorrow night on this show, on the show for Bards FM tomorrow night. So I look forward to that. And then tonight, in just a moment here, we're going to play a, a longer piece than I normally play. It's about eight minutes. But we're going to hear a testimony from a Canadian police officer. And I think it's important because this whole understanding of what's happening here, of what the governments are doing, is starting to reach into law enforcement and starting to really make people realize just what we're up against. What's very encouraging is more important people are realizing this isn't anything to do with a mandates. It's not about a choice. It's a matter of whether we want to live free or be under tyranny. It's liberty versus tyranny. That's it. And I also say that more and more people are realizing just how corrupt the system is from top to bottom. So before we begin tonight, mypillow.com forward slash bards, mypillow.com forward slash bards. That's the landing page for Bards Nation on the MyPillow site. Tremendous page there and tremendous op- tremendous thing to have our own page over on MyPillow site. That's thanks to all you great patriots. Right now, uh, Mike Lindell's book is available for everybody for free with any purchase if you use your promo code BARDS. That's his great book talking about how he went from drug addiction to one of the greatest CEOs of our time, probably in our country's history for that matter. Very inspiring. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS. Use your promo code BARDS anywhere on the MyPillow site, Frank's Beach site, or the MyStore site. Incredible savings going on. And by the way, if you've not checked out their comforters, do check out their comforters. They're like to die for, along with their Giza sheets. And you get like fully equipped for great sleep between the pillows, the sheets, the comforters. It's a one-stop shop for everything that patriots and normal people love for their good night's sleep. So check that out. Plus all the other products they have, towels, Slippers, you all know the slippers because they're like slipper revolution is what we had at Bards Fest. 50% off on those, by the way. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Also Expedition Coffee, that's our branded coffee for Expedition. Expedition Coffee is a branded coffee for Bards Nation. That's at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. That's a coffee that will give you energy boost, mental focus, and sustained energy across the whole day. Builds up your serotonin. Gives you a sustained and great focus for the day as well. Now, when you're on that site, expeditioncoffee.com, take a look at the other health products. One in particular I'm going to draw your attention to, which is Pure 47. Now, with that, you've got the Expedition Coffee, the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut, Immune XP, which is immune booster, which has pine cone extract, high in vitamin C, and there's earth, which is a full body nutrient powder. But there's one product I want you to take a look at, and it's Pure 47, and that's the silver, refined silver. It's refined down to a nano level. And what's unique about this is it has the ability to isolate the pathogens in your body, including HIV and the full range of SARS-CoV viruses. And those are... The HIV piece is important because whatever's going on right now, if you start going into pharmacies, you're going to notice that they're stocking up 
on HIV test kits. We're getting notice of people in business that are stocking up on HIV test kits. You had an HIV something or other variant crop up in the Netherlands. All of this because whatever they have done with this vax, they have basically created an immunodeficiency disorder in all of these people that have been taking the shots. And there's an unknown aspect to this of whether it's transmissible, which is wonderful. But this, that uh, Pure 47 can actually isolate that. Important. Finally, you have the Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. That's kind of the Bible. For, it is, in my opinion, the Bible for our time. NASB 1995 edition. It's a beautiful Bible. Heirloom quality. So you have that, and you have a 20% off if you use your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S. B-A-R-D-S, you get 20% off of the Bible. If you are a homeschooler or know somebody's a homeschooler, I cannot recommend this Bible enough. This is in a complete lesson in itself. I mean, that's like, as long as it takes you to go through the Bible, you've got lessons in that. More than a normal Bible because it has our founder's documents worked within it. So you're getting God's word and you're getting lessons in our own history, which is fantastic. So again, thefoundersbible.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section for 20% off. These are very interesting times right now. And I wanted to read a passage. I think it's very relevant. And this passage is 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29. There's a lot of craziness going on, as we know. But there's, God's hand is working in amazing ways right now. I was commenting this morning much more sarcastically than I will now, but my and with my snark this morning, what I was saying is it's just unbelievable to me that we've gone through this phase and this phase being that we've had the injection, we've lived through decades of having children slaughtered in abortion, we've gone through this COVID thing where we've turned our back on the elderly and let them die off. Children are being injected at schools, being forced to wear masks. The, the national resistance to that has been minimal. Americans, for the most part, are just like dead people walking, and I do mean that, then that harshly. And then we have the police steal like 10 cans of gasoline last night. And all of a sudden, social media blows up with like, did you see the tyranny in Canada? Did you? See? I can't believe those police are actually taking away fuel for those poor truckers. <laughs> Look, I'm happy however it takes to get people to wake up. But the level of retardation is just unbelievable. I'm like, okay. It took 10 cans of gas to wake you up. I Man, I'll tell you, if we would have known that, we would have done 20 cans of gas last year, five years ago, if that's all it took. And there's, there's an irony in that, obviously. God lights their fire by as the police steal the gas to light the fire. I just find that, that pure irony is purely God's right there. It's a beautiful hand right there. Uh, so listen, 1 Corinthians one twenty six to 29 actually fits this very well. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised God has has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify, nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. I, I think this is a great passage, and, I, and it's a, relevant to where we are. Because we are dealing with a, a level of psychosis that is unprecedented. 
the dependency that people have created on the convenience of life, the ease of things, the promises unfulfilled all by those institutions of man has created a rigid structure of compliance that is, I mean, I'll be honest, it stuns me every day. I've three and a half years in Afghanistan and I've seen some pretty crazy things and pretty horrible things too. And the one thing that I will say that is just, I can't even say it nicely. I'm trying really hard here. You take the youth and you just like the younger adults, youth is not fair, younger adults. And the brainwashing that goes along with this and the acceptance of this. I know there's a neighbor nearby whose daughter refused to let their their dad see her grandchildren unless he was vaccinated, of course. You know, I'm sure that's not an uncommon story, but I just I shake my head at this insanity. And so in Afghanistan, one of the things that I was always struck by is how in a country that had lost everything, and I mean everything. You're still walking around in relics of buildings that used to be, that were recently destroyed or you know destroyed at least during the Civil War, which is in the late 90s after, after the Russians pulled out. And that they went from a country, and Kabul was one of the more advanced cities in the Middle East in the 60s. It was a haven for the hippies to go there because they could all smoke pot, seriously. And all the rich hippies went to Kabul in the 60s to smoke pot and hang out and have this kind of nightlife and sophisticated living. And then we went to the Russian invasion, 70s and 80s, which was decimating to Afghan culture and where there was just wanton destruction of the culture. The Russians came in and didn't, were not nice. I mean, Spetnaz, one of Spetnaz's missions, which Spetnaz is their special operations team, was to assassinate elders across the country so that they would destroy that sort of wisdom and knowledge. And then you get into the phase, other phases of that, like poisoning wells so whole villages would die. There's some pretty brutal fighting going on. And then after that, once the Russians pulled out, then you had the involvement, which is probably a mixture of intelligence agencies, I don't know who all was involved, but the, but ISI, which is the Pakistani Intelligence Agency, worked with all five warlords. There was five primary warlords in Afghanistan. And in a classic divide and conquer move, got all five of them to fight each other. So they basically just destroyed each other and destroyed the country's infrastructure. So by the time we got there in 2001, it took us less than a month to destroy the entire government. We took it down with 585 guys. Now, don't get me wrong. It was very skilled men that did this, but we were in and out of Afghanistan in less than a month. So that's kind of gives you the idea. And then we endured <laughs> when we were done in a month, we'll say six months we were done, but that wasn't good enough. We had to, because we also had to have another big fight, which was Operation Anaconda, which occurred in January of 2002, January and February 2002. But that in itself is interesting because while we were working on Operation Anaconda, the leadership of Operation Anaconda, which was in Afghanistan, had been given orders to prepare to invade Iraq, which we weren't supposed to, we didn't even know about until the next year. So it was just a perpetual war machine that they created. But in spite of all of that destruction... Afghans, when given the opportunity to have liberty, and they had a lot of liberty under us, just exploded. I mean, they took advantage of the freedom. They built businesses. They went to school. In spite of the traditions and the harshness of the Taliban that were still around, the biggest problem we have is people have not suffered enough. And I don't like saying that, but I think it's the truth. So people just have not been through enough loss to realize how much they really have. We are blessed. 
as a country, we're blessed. There was a moment in when I was there, 2006, 2007, something like that, maybe 2008. I don't remember now. But there was a fuel supply. It was an oil fuel supply that was just interrupted going to a village out in the western side of Afghanistan over near Herat, which is near the border of Iran. And it was disrupted because the governor or local mayor, whatever it is, had paid off somebody so that he could sell the oil to somebody else and it never got delivered to the village. We don't think about little things like this. This is, if that happens here, say you're a fuel truck, and we'll, we'll just use the example of a, like two or three fuel trucks get hijacked because some dirtbag politician has a buddy that wants the fuel trucks. And the politician can make a bunch of money from his buddy and doesn't deliver to the village. We don't think much about it in a small town or village because ultimately we have electric power and we've got other residuals. We can drive a little ways further down the road to get gas or something. This disruption of one delivery of oil because the country in a, in an impoverished country, you don't have depth of resources literally put the country on the edge on the, this village on the edge of, of, of freezing because it was in the cold of the winter and there was no other resources out there except that. It was like every time they got a delivery, it was taken immediately. Those economies are very fragile. Those societies in the modern sense are very fragile. And yet if they go back to the traditional way of living, they're very resilient. We don't know a traditional way of living. So the one thing about Afghanistan is you take away their technology and it doesn't take long for them to revert back to the older ways, at least right now. One of the greatest gifts that's happened is, that, and I mean this, and it's going to sound harsh, but the fact that Taliban have come back in power is forcing the country to go backwards and relearn some of its traditional trades to go forward. It's a brutal process because the Taliban that are in rule are pretty brutal. But nonetheless... We don't even have that context. You take away power and gas from this society and people are literally going to be screaming and rolling around in the street like dead cockroaches because they don't have anything to do. They'll just lose their mind. And there's not enough base knowledge of old skills to understand how to survive. Canada has it better than we do because Canadians living in a colder climate and a very dispersed population, Canada has 32 million roughly people, and you've seen how large Canada's provincial expanse is from west, it's the same width as the United States, from west to east coast, and they go all the way up into the Arctic. I mean, you're dealing with a country that is very dispersed and has to become more reliant on itself than dependent on infrastructure systems, even though Canadians are highly dependent on their socialist system, they're more individually independent on a day-to-day life, something Americans need to get a re-grasp of. It's important, and we, we need to. This is the whole point of County by County. So let me play this piece here. And this is a Canadian police officer. It's eight minutes, eight seconds. I, I really think it's worth hearing as we move on here. I looked forward to retiring at 25 years. And the easy way out for me is to retire now. But I'll tell you this, I'm not taking the easy way out. I've never done it throughout my life and I'm not doing it now. So for all those other police officers that are out there that are wondering, should I just get it? And then they'll leave me alone and I can get to work and do my job, you're fooling yourself. This is the beginning of your rights being taken away. This is the beginning of what is going to be a long road for you. And also for those that have taken, I don't fault you at all. The information was that this was supposed to help you'll see that this is all a farce. There's something else happening here and it's taking away the rights of Canadian citizens. 24 years ago, just about, I took an oath 
that I'd uphold the law. And part of that is what I'm doing today. I'm standing up and I'm not allowing myself to take part in this sham, this illegal activity that they are doing. I have sat back and I've shed tears over this and everything in me says that you're doing the right thing. And I would say all you other coppers out there, civilian workers, people that work at 911, EMS, doctors, nurses, you know as well. You give an inch, they will take a mile. This is just the beginning. So here comes the onslaught of our careers. They have no problem letting us go, making us take all our holidays, all our bank time, and then telling us to go home without pay until we comply. That is the ultimate in bullying. That is the ultimate slap in the face for those of us that have gone their careers, two years, five years, 10 years, 25 years, and served others. That's all of us frontline and all the workers that help us do our job. You're kidding yourself if you think this is going to end. This is the very beginning of you seeing Canadian society torn down. People in Canada, you feed them enough, you tell them they're so great, you tell them this will help them, they'll do it. And that's starting the two-tier system. Very reminiscent of many years ago during uh, the World War that Hitler was perpetrating against the Jews, he slowly but surely took away the rights, the privileges, all that stuff that people find worthwhile in life. He stripped it away from them. And then he was able to demonize them enough that all the German people were on board to exterminate them because they were nothing. So just start taking a look at some of the correlations there between what has happened and what is happening. Because folks, it's coming. It is coming. And if you wanna leave this world worse off for your children and for the younger generation, just keep complying because soon enough you'll be as indoctrinated as all these people that are running the show. So this is my call to action for especially all the police officers. Time to stand up. You signed up for this job. This is your job. If you lose your job, you can go home at night going, hey, I stood up for what is right for everybody. I stood up for law and order, and I didn't turn my back on it. I paid the ultimate price. Besides dying, I lost my career. I lost my job. They let me go, they fired me, they sent me home without pay, whatever they're gonna do. So now's the time. Think about where your line in the sand is and you're either in or you're out. Are you gonna jump out of the foxhole, run across the front lines and surrender just because they start putting pressure on you? Or are you gonna dig in? Are you gonna do what you know is right? What you signed up for and what you have been doing your career? So please, join me, because I'm not retiring early. I'm here for the long haul.
send me home. Take away my hours. It doesn't matter to me because what really matters is that I know deep down in my heart what is right, what is lawful, and the way we should be treating humans. And this is not it. If you think you can do that, you can send me a message, private message on Telegram, however you want to get a hold of me. My name's all over the place. You'll be able to find me. And let me know who you are, because I'm looking for those that will stand with me. I need somebody that has my six. I'm not a leader. I'm not the person that can lead a revolution, but someone has to do something. And if I get fired tomorrow, I get fired tomorrow. That's what it is. That's what it takes. It takes guts. It takes looking into the future, thinking about your children's future, and even those that you don't know, their future. If you're on the fence, time to jump off whatever side you jump on. That's up to you. I hope you join us. The more of us there are, the bigger impact we'll have. So please give it some thought because come Christmas, our world will be ugly. It will indeed. <clears throat> he is a hero and he is a leader because good men that do nothing allow tyranny to rise. And that's the only way tyranny can rise. And that's a Canadian police officer. We've heard earlier in the show, we heard of American police officers saying something very different. Patriots, this is a time to pray and to reach to these people as much as we can, to talk to your police officers, your sheriffs, to pray with them and get them aware of this. It's fantastic that what we're seeing. People are challenged across the world, across the country. And it's, it's that time. And it's that time to come together as humanity, to stand together as humanity, and to anchor ourselves deeply, deeply in that fellowship that comes only from a relationship in Christ. 2 Timothy 3, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have been denied its power. Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus's and Jambres's folly was also. We are in such a time as these again, where we are faced with the weak-minded and those that have chosen a different path than the path of God. I speak to this regularly, and it's not a criticism, it's a challenge more than anything. 
But even in Canada right now with what's happening, this is a nation that was very agnostic that is starting to awaken to its strength, its fire, what is right, what is just, what's the in- thing to do with strong integrity, what's, what it is to be accountable. Those things are awakening in Canada, as is their love in Christ. But that's the thing that everything that we do, we have to continue to revert back to, is to put God at the center of this fight. It's it's an amazing thing to see the truckers stand up. It's motivating. You see big trucks. You feel like there's strength and power on our side, and there is. But don't confuse the truck with the real hand that's behind it. God's moving trucks. God's moving people's heart. God's awakening people. And so our default, unfortunately, too quickly is to over, look, I'm great honor and respect for the truckers, but make sure that we give reference and homage to what this fight really is. This is the Lord's fight. When you watch something like this happen, the the Canadian truckers movement was, it looks increasingly like it was organized by some malicious type people, Soros types. And I think if we look at it with what's happening with little Castro, Justin Trudeau, you start to see an imp that has been, is flustered because his movement that was supposed to be organized by his buddies that was going to be used to blame the food shortages on has blown up in their face because God used evil for good. This is my opinion. I think we're witnessing it right now. Because when we find some of the original organizers, we there's a lot of question in them. But... When you watch what happened in Canada, Canada awoke. That's God's hand. And the nation, there's been theories that they've been planning this for months, eight months, in fact. That doesn't appear to be the case. This is something that they had some connectivity with one another. Don't get me wrong, but the organic explosion of this happened once Trudeau pressured Biden to, to make the truckers have the vax to come across the border. So once that happened, everything just kind of erupted. But if you are following what's going on in Canada, people came together and did what people must do. They organized. Just like this police officer here who has now stood up and he's, he says, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, he is. Because God's raising up new leaders. He's calling his children that will hear and listen. And in this time when people are standing up, we're seeing the old leadership now confronting God's leadership. And you know what? Nope, they haven't been schooled in all the arts of war. They haven't been schooled in the CFR or military war colleges because they don't need to because that fire of righteousness is in them and God's with them. And governments around the world are freaking out, but they're moving quick. And so when you hear a humble man like this saying, I'm not a leader, I need somebody watching his six, the only thing I would add is, yes, he need, he needs more, but God's got his six. But that doesn't mean we don't pray that he gets more because he's right. The, the more the numbers, the easier. But Gideon only need, needed 300 to destroy the mighty armies. And when they destroyed the mighty armies, they blew the horns and they broke pots of light. Now, I'm just telling you from some experience, if someone tells you to go to war with a horn and a a, a pot of light, you kind of wonder what's going on. Like, huh? You want me to do what in front of this mighty army? But they did and they obeyed and what happened? We have to continue to keep God so forward in this fight. In everything. Canada's praying more truckers are praying pastors are on the ground where they should be working with the people this is beautiful and i'm not going to try to paint canada as perfect they're not any more than we are but canada is awakening and with that it's an example for us all to see what they're running relays right now for food and and supplies i don't even know if you paid attention to this but People are going down to the border spots and they're sitting for a while and I don't know what that period of time is. And then there's a relay that comes in and relieves many of those people so they can go back home. 
So as a community, they're, they're cycling through and keeping the border choked up. There's relays for food going out of Calgary down to Coots. And they go, I think it's every day or every few days, they run down there. And they're doing this all over Canada. Truckers are getting, people are bringing in supplies. That's why they're, they're, they don't know what to do. There's only, oh, you said this in the previous show, there's only about between the U.S., between the U.S., between the Canadian military and the and the RCMP, the Canadian police, there's only about 70,000, 80,000 of them. There's 1.4 million at least Canadians that are moving on this thing, and they don't have the numbers to stop it. So they're trying to use the media to isolate events, arrest individual people, to make it, to pacify the, the ones that are in their cult. So they can show the ones that in their cult that we're giving justice. So the cult says, oh, good. Oh, good. I don't have to panic. Oh, so good. I can, I can keep my mask on and I can keep my boosters coming. Would you please stop the horns, prime minister? Please. It's driving us crazy. So they get a judge that says, it's illegal to honk your horn in Ontario or Ottawa. <laughs> the liberals are so the indoctrinated, it's not even, worth, not even fair to say liberals, the indoctrinated are so dumb, they're like, oh, good, that's a good idea. And then you know very well if it's going to be a fair law, which it won't be, but it's going to be a fair law, and they run in, they're going to drive by some trucker, and they're going to go, because eh, they hate him, because they can't control themselves, and guess what? You just violated the law. See, this, this is, it's just the unraveling. This is the unraveling, and this is really how God works. It's brilliant, and that's, we go back to we go back to 1 Corinthians 1 26 to 29 and just focusing on 27 but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise horns honking honk honk hanuk hanunk hanunk Ridiculous laws and legislation, police stealing gas at night because they, they had to, the, the big thing that got the media attention yesterday is there was about 10 ca- gallons of gasoline sitting in a wheelbarrow, essentially. And the police were lurking around and the crowd surrounded them. And then when the crowd kind of went away, the police were like little kids trying to t- take a finger bite of, of the frosting off the birthday cake before the birthday party people came in. And they're like looking around and all of a sudden they grab 10 cans of gas and like little two little sneaky children running out the gate. So that constitutes, we're going to seize your gas. Today they had another guy, he, looks up, he was up in Quebec. Police pulled him over for 20 minutes. And they called in another patrol car. The other patrol car came up and backed into him and hit his car. And the guy gets out of his car and the police dr- arrested him. They said, we hit the police car. They have it on film. Police are lying. I mean, this, these are people without integrity. And this is where we see the separation of the wheat and the chaff. God is doing this. This is literally separating good from evil. And with the good, the beautiful thing about these hearts of people that are coming over, maybe they didn't have an intimate relationship with Christ. Maybe they're, they've been an agnostic walk in their life. I don't know. But when they come over now, their hearts are open. Maybe they've had the vax. Maybe they haven't had the vax. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What we know is if they've had the vax, we've got to pray for them hard. We've got to, we've got to work with them to heal their soul. But everybody comes over, and they're open to this. There's, you're noticing no one's pushing back. You notice how it is now. In the way it was like under Obama, you said, I love Christ Jesus. They're like, Jesus freak, get out of here, man. Go away. Go away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the cops on you because you're infringing upon my atheist rights. Some garbage like that. And thanks to a whole plethora of sold-out churches, that got echoed into this form as, we are in the post-Christian era. It's like, what? What, what is that? We're in a post-Christian era. What, did God take a vacation? I'm, I wasn't aware of it. Did God take a vacation? Anybody know, did God take a vacation? No, but we're in a post-Christian era. No, what that says is we're in a we're in an era of failed ministry. Failed ministry. 
preachers standing behind their pulpits waiting for crowds to come into churches as, as long as they pay their fee inside the bucket instead of getting out among the community and being with them and pastoring with them and bringing, the, bringing that to the streets. I've mentioned this many times on the show. I'm going to mention it right now again. Tony Wood, San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. Forgive me for that statement, God. Tony Wood, Southern California, Orange County. Pastor Tony Wood, he was at Bardsfest. When Gavin Newsom said, you're going to shut his churches, he told him to go pound sand, and then he went further. He says, I'm going to take the ministry to the streets, and that's exactly what they did. And there are other pastors that have done that too. Those are what we need. But we should have never been in a post-Christian era. That happened because pastors failed, because churches failed. We have to get past the ministry of where churches are paying salaries, and we have to get to the ministry where pastors are doing it for the love of God. And we are at a point right now, what we're witnessing in Canada is they've been squeezed so hard, much harder than we have here in the States. People are sitting here whining about this or that. We have so much latitude here to say no. And people are still like, well, I know I can say no, but I'd rather wear a mask because it's easier. I don't have to be compliant. Every single time somebody complies to these damn rules, they get power. Can you imagine? I mean, I guess it would have made a difference if somewhere people could say, well, I can prove to you that God said don't cover your face. I can just tell you God said don't cover your face because if he wanted your face covered, he would have made you, he would have had you birthed with a mask on. But we need to encourage as many people right now as we can to realize what this cliff is we're standing on. We the people have the power. The beautiful gift that God's given us with this awakening in Canada is that we can see a nation. Look, Canadians are, they can be ruthless in war. I have the photographic proof of that in the film. They can be ruthless. But Canada's got a, Canada's are Canadians are hockey players and Tim, they used to be Tim Horton donut drinkers until Tim Horton screwed the truck drivers and then that's over. Rightfully so. But Canada has been that quiet neighbor up north under the umbrella of a superpower, and it's allowed them to have a, a good world, a good life. And it's, a, it's basically leave me alone. But when you start to see Canadians get this way and you, they're, they're this committed to saying, you know what, our government needs to go, Americans better wake up. Because this is a country now that's realizing that they need to get back to a Christian foundation, a faith, a God-fearing government. They're saying these things. We're not. They're saying it. They're saying clean the house from top to bottom. What they're not saying is, well, let's vote in Trump and it'll all be, to, all be better. They're not saying that in Canada. They're looking at this going, okay, it looks like our entire government needs to clean out. Let's just clean them all out. Crimes against humanity. They're saying that. Arrest them all, deal with it, and let's reset everything. Why? Because they have literally lost everything at this point. Americans are still walking around here in this bubble of like, well, it's inconvenient that I have to go shopping, but I can still get Amazon. I can get Costco delivered to my door. I can do this. I don't have to wear a mask. It's all good. Hey, I'm all right. Don't worry about me. If you Let me just put it like this. It takes a whole lot to piss off Canadians. I mean this. And I've had enough time with them to say this honestly as an American who has a lot of respect for our, and love for our, our neighbors up north. I love my country as long as it's not being run by fools. And I love this country that God gave us to steward as long as God's on the throne. And I love it even more when we have to fight to get him back on the throne, I despise the enemy. But waking up Canada to get them pissed takes a lot of work. <laughs> and little Castro has done an amazing job and has managed to squeeze that nation so far with his cronies up in Ottawa 
that they have now awoken a sleeping giant. And I got news. You don't put that one back in the genie bottle. It doesn't fit anymore. And again, God has worked this in such an amazing way. And he did it through trucks. Truckers moving down the freeway. Truckers are praying. One of the truckers that was on Tucker the other night is a pastor himself. That's that's so cool to me. It's like, where's my pastor driving a truck? We have to get to that fight, that fire, that righteousness across this world, not just in Canada, not the trickle spots in the United States, not the yellow jackets or yellow shirts, whatever the best in, in France. We have to get to a common righteousness. That means all of us. It doesn't matter whether you have one person in your network or 10 million in your network. We have to be talking about this fight in terms of God's fight. And when we get to that place of God's fight, we start to put the right lens on this fight. And then we can watch the sword be laid to the land. It's happening, but you watch what really happens when we do the right thing and we put ourselves before God and we say, God, we're here. We are here. We got here through many ways. We stumbled on many paths. We wandered in the desert. We didn't pay attention for many years. But we're here, God. And we're here now. And God, we need you. Because this fight can only be won with us humbled before the Lord and our hearts deep in the intimacy with Christ. And when we do that, the world changes almost overnight. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are blessed in this time, in this place, to walk a path that allows us to see with such clarity the deceptions in our world and have such unprecedented unprecedented access to your love and to the love in Christ Jesus. Lord, in this time, we ask for strength and clarity ears to hear, and to be able to minister that in the many different ways that you can guide us to the many hearts that are still in shadow or even in darkness. Lord, this is a time when the world is dividing more than ever, and it's such a glorious moment because we truly get to see who will stand in the walk, in light, and who will hide in the shadows and darkness. And that only fuels us greater, Lord, to reach as many as we can, to embrace those that walk now into the kingdom, to welcome them, to guide them, to pray with them, to introduce them to that love and intimacy in Christ. We look for those opportunities. And equally, Lord, we pray for that other side. And our prayers are to shatter the the darkness of their hearts, to dispel of the deceptions that are wrapped in their head. We pray for them to be able to see clearly in this time, to see through these deceptions, to let the enemy's words just not make any more sense, to start scrambling that certain certainty that they had in their ideas of what life was. Let it be shaken, Lord. Let this moment in Canada, this amazing movement that you've led, Lord, let that movement shake the world to have people start raising up their heads, even if it's 10 cans of gasoline that wake them up. Amen. We pray for that, Lord. And let there be many more moments like that. For we know that you have chosen the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. But we also know that you've chosen us to be here in this time. And so thank you. Guide us, protect us, and lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. These are beautiful times. But we have to be able to embrace the beautiful times for what they are. Don't be down 
about the magnitude of this fight. It's huge. It's not going to be fixed in a day. Probably won't be fixed in our lifetime. But that should excite you, not depress you. God's opening the door for us to be able to challenge a darkness that was going to enslave us. And each and every one of us is in, engaged in this fight if we so choose. And it's the fight of righteousness. And with that, you know that every step that you take, you're fighting for your children or someone else's children. And for generations yet unborn, you're giving them something that they would not even know. Do you realize that for everything that we accept, for every loss of freedom that we accept, that is a freedom that future generations won't even know existed because we failed. But when we fight for liberty, and that's the true fight, not freedom, but liberty, and we're pushing on that every day, we are preserving that fire and we're enhancing that fire for generations to come and many yet even born or conceived yet. That's our fight. That's our true fight. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep our prayers flowing. Let the, Pray for the enemy to be dispersed. Pray for the enemy's back to be broken. Pray for the enemy's words to fall and be confused and their spells to be broken. Pray for Canada and its strength to continue to be the light for the world to see and to rally and to awaken with. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this, and we are mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
Gazing on his faith When your soul answers calls far away Something to find.